guys, welcome back to another episode of The Right Type. Today I'm here with Isha Bra, who is the editorial director at Nights Of, a publisher in London who specialise in publishing diverse stories. I'm going to let Isha introduce herself properly, um, but firstly, I'm just so happy to have her here. I admire the work that Nights Of do, and I'm going to link everything in the show notes. I'm so excited for this episode. Um, so Isha, just introduce yourself to everyone and what you do and... Um, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I, my name's Isha, I'm the editorial director at Nights Of. We're a kids publishing company that focuses on inclusivity and increasing representation in kids' books. So everything we publish is to further that um, and to make sure that every kid can see themselves in books that they pick up. I actually thought I'd start the podcast by basically asking what your favourite children's book was when you were growing up. Um, I saw your piece in the Financial Times um, about Harry Potter and how while it was very very important to kind of um, how children's literature is today, um, it had a lot of harmful stereotypes um, and it's quite outdated. Yeah I mean like it's, it's funny that you should mention that one particular because that like my feelings about that have definitely progressed over time but at, when I was growing up there was hardly any representation in kids books so Harry Potter was one of my favorite books um same as like the Northern Lights trilogy and then I think the only books that I really felt like were representative were Mallory Blackman's books um so they were my other favorites but most of the books I was reading and the books that we now consider to have like really impacted kids publishing are books like Harry Potter that are now like well they were at the time and they are now just really not representative. I agree I feel like um, growing up Harry Potter was definitely something that got me into reading but now I wouldn't say it was um, great representation. I think it's kind of important for maybe um, the development of children's stories and the way they're perceived now but I feel like um, we have so much better representation today Um, but like what are your kind of favourite books that you see now that have really good representation? Um, Well I think obviously everything that Night Self publishes um, is brilliant at including representation, but there are loads of authors out there at the moment who write in kids' books that have like diverse characters. And um, I really love, in terms of teen, Alexandra Shepard. I think that she's brilliant. Um, I think that there's a lot of really great middle grade that's coming out that has really representative. I'm really struggling to think of the names of things off the top of my head, but there's so I think there's so many more authors that are doing it and that are having the space to, you know, like write books for kids that aren't just like the same stories about the same white kids doing the same things over and over again honestly I'm, I'm really happy that we're in this time when we see so many more diverse books I actually had Alexandra on the uh, on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago and oh, no she was so wonderful and I love her book so much and I love what she's doing I think that it's so important for kids to have stories that are not just um focused around you know how painful it is to be a marginalized person um yeah uh, I think that her book was just amazing for that and um kids definitely need stories like that rather than just um one type of story um I actually wanted to know um what was the inspiration for setting up Nights Of? Um so Nights Of was set up by the co-founders David Stevenson and Amy Flone um and they set it up because they were just increasingly frustrated with how little progress there was in the industry, how people keep having the same conversations. We've been on the same diversity panels at the same events where everyone's like, it needs to change, but nothing's actually changing. Um, so, yeah, they just, they were like, enough's enough. We're going to set up a company that's specifically focused on this and take it from there. And since then, we've published nine books since August 2018. They've all been, like, received so well. People, we've also opened up a kids' bookshop 
in Brixton called Roundtable Bricks, which only stocks representative kids' books. So those two things combined show that there's like a real need for for this. And by us doing it, hopefully it's really brought into contrast how little progress there has been over the past couple of years. And now hopefully people are like, okay, something needs to change. If we can do it, then everyone else can do it as well. I'm so happy that um, you guys have set this up and everything because I agree 100%. I feel like constantly the same conversations we're having and it's like we're going round and round in circles and it felt tiring. I was just kind of like, okay, but like, what exactly can we do? Um, What's the action plan after this? Um, And seeing basically a diverse publisher as well as the bookshop open up was just so refreshing to see actually like what we've been discussing coming to life. Um, So that was great. Thank you. Yeah, it's been exciting. So yeah, it's good. I'm really excited to see what happens next. Like now I've also seen like other publishers, you know, really trying to find authors and new voices that usually don't have access to publishing. And I think like change is going to happen. It's happening slowly. I agree. I wanted to ask basically what your journey was like getting into the publishing industry. Um, A lot of people of colour and other people that are marginalised often might not think of themselves when they think of an editor or an editorial like director or someone that has like a a high position in a publishing house. I was wondering um, how you got in. Did you get a degree? Did you have to get work experience? Um, So I was wondering if you could like share your journey with everyone. Yeah, so I did go to uni. I did an English degree. I didn't know that I wanted, I didn't know publishing was a thing. I just knew that everything I liked was books. So that's how I ended up doing that. And then when I was graduating, everyone else seemed to know what they were doing and I still didn't have any idea. And I ended up, um, I, someone, I ended up hearing about like publishing and thinking, oh, maybe this is a good route for me. But I still didn't really know how to get into it. I couldn't afford to do any unpaid work experience or anything like that. So I kept getting projected and I just didn't know how to access the industry at all. And then I ended up getting an internship with Creative Access. They basically help people of colour get in paid internships in creative industries which is a godsend because if you don't if you can't afford it getting work experience on your cv is a nightmare and they're long contracts as well so i got a year internship at penguin random house as a rights intern um and from there i got this job as an assistant at penguin and i was there for about three years and then i really wanted to move over into editorial so i just started applying and it took me a good full year of applying to get a job as an editorial assistant and then from there I was editorial assistant and then assistant there at Scholastic just over two years and then David and Amy approached me about myself and wanting to expand their team and it just sounded perfect because I'd grown so frustrated with how publishing worked and how little progress there is and also just the amount of time you're expected to be at an assistant level and not have any pay for it is underpaid overworked like it's a really difficult job I really feel for anyone that wants to be in publishing because to start at that entry level where especially as a person of colour you're just facing so many obstacles and it's like only recently have there started to be support systems and you know like networks in publishing houses where people can have like support and figure out how to change how things work but yeah there's a lot of there are a lot of challenges and it's not an easy route to take especially at a junior level so yeah I was lucky to get my internship but then it was it's been like I love it and I think it's an amazing job and I really wanted to do it but I can really imagine that if it's if you're not sure what you want to do it's just a nightmare because you have to have so much commitment and really push through 
so many yeah a lot of stuff um but yeah that was my journey which turned into a little bit of a um yeah it was a bit of a sideways move but i feel like i've seen this conversation happening online um with authors such as like donnie clayton um talking about how internships basically for poc need to be like paid um because a lot of us are not uh in the position where we can um basically work for free or work and be kind of underpaid for such a long period of time um so it's just interesting hearing that and um just looking into like the like an honest look into the industry because it can be so difficult but um it's nice seeing a perspective where there's a happy ending for a person of color yeah yeah that's a good way to look at it i was wondering what a day of um a day in the life looks like for you it's honestly it's so varied um i my job is it spans everything from meeting agents meeting authors um reading manuscripts editing proofreading uh talking to our designer creative director about covers um thinking of new ways to approach things working on existing lists like it's it's really it's really hard to summarize like every single day is different um and we also are because we're our team is based in the back of the bookshop we have like an amazing insight into what's happening in the shop as well so every day really is just like and literally anything can happen anyone can walk in and approach us and talk to us if they want to which is a really great way to work um yeah so it's it's everything like and also i'm the only person who looks after editorial so it's really different to any other job that I've had where someone does one specific thing. Like, I do everything from, like, the basic admin to the really, like, fancy stuff you'd expect. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, I just feel like Nights of is so different from, like, everything I've seen out there right now. Um, so I feel like it's just so cool to hear about how you guys operate and what you what you do exactly. It's, it's really cool. Um, I wanted to actually ask uh, what some of your favourite non-client books are um, that you've read this year and what you're forward, what you're looking forward to reading as well. Um, so what have been my favourite books? So because I read so much for work, outside of work, I mostly read adult books. So I think like the only kids fiction and YA I've been reading is like, because it's something that everyone's like, this is amazing and I really want to read it. But a lot of a lot of things that come out in the kids space I'll have already read on submission or like so I find it really hard to keep track of like what's been out this year but I read um I read uh like in terms of adult like I read Queenie which was amazing I just read A Little Life like years behind everyone else and that blew my mind so it's all I could think about um uh what else I feel like I read a lot and I read really quickly so everything kind of blurs into one um but yeah i'm really looking forward to reading your book which comes out is it next year thank you um it's actually been moved to 2021 um 21 i know yeah that's exciting though yeah i'm excited to read that in 21 next year i'm excited to read oh my god sarita domingos i'm excited to read her ya firstly which just came out last week um book called love secret santa yes Um, i've seen the cover I, i just yeah, I just love books that are diverse but joy, you know, like it's not a book about trauma or like anything going wrong. Like I, I love like I love to seek that out and like support it where I can. And she's also got a book that's been announced, which is an anthology of an adult book, an anthology of romance, but like from diverse authors. Um, so that sounds amazing as well. Um, and I'm 
who else am I excited for? I'm excited for everything. My two, my like to read list is so long. I can't even like begin to unravel like how many books I'm gonna end up buying next year. I'm the same. I feel like um, especially as publishing gets more diverse in the years, um, I, I just I keep on having so much more I want to read. And uh, there was a time like a few years ago when I just stopped reading because uh, it was just it was so much whiteness in like waterstones yeah. and like when i went to bookstop bookshops i was just kind of overwhelmed by how um much i could not see myself in uh stories so i was just like i can't do this anymore uh, but i'm so happy it's getting better yeah oh the other thing that i read this year that like totally blew my mind is black flamingo by dean after have you read it i haven't but i've got the book and i'm so excited to read it yeah let me know what you think i loved it i think that's actually one of that's probably my favorite kids book of the year that isn't something that i've worked on because it's and I think everything about it from like the cover to the writing and I saw him do like a bit of a like he did a Black Flamingo cabaret show which like he did some readings from it and it was amazing yeah I thought that was incredible that sounds amazing and I saw recently um he's announced um his American book deal I'm so happy for him yeah that's brilliant I love that as well because I think there's really it it seems like we have a lot of U.S. imports and loads of U.S. authors in the UK which is amazing but I'd love to see the same for our UK authors in the US, like the same level of like support and for them to have that platform because the US is massive and getting authors out there and book is so good, like it's needed. I'm so happy you mentioned that. I feel like um, there's definitely a lot of Eurocentric stuff in the bookshops all the time. I feel like, um, which there's nothing wrong with, I love so many um, US authors, like Jason Reynolds yeah. is one of my favourite authors of all time, yeah. Angie Thomas. So I'm so happy to see their books in the shop and we definitely need them. It's just, it feels sometimes yeah. like um, like the books are prioritised over UK voices um, or it feels like it's not kind of an equal exchange. Um, yeah. So I'm so excited that more books are being bought from UK UK authors. Yeah, I think it's brilliant as well. Yeah, I think it's like, I think it's because YA in the US has, the US is so much bigger that they have so much room to grow and so many more, like literally more customers and they have more financial backing because of that. So it's easier for them to promote their books than it is for us on our end where we have a lot, we have a much smaller market. So I think it's good that the balance is shifting and we can have access to that as well. Yeah, uh, I'm glad for that too. Um, and I wanted to move on to something that has kind of been um, around like in the online sphere for a while, but it's basically the statistics regarding the number of um, BME uh, writers, which means um, British, not British, right? Um, black, Asian, minority ethnic? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, writers and illustrators in the UK. Um, what do you think we can do to make the number higher? It's always so terribly low yeah i mean i feel i'm in terms of what i'm doing is obviously nights of it's set up specifically to fix that you know like to make sure that we can bring authors from different backgrounds that don't have access to publishing and give them the space for their voices to be heard but in general i think publishing a lot of work to do to make it way more accessible demystify the process of what it takes to get published and also go going out and actively actively seeking authors from like places that wouldn't have even think we for us it's easy for us to sit in our offices and be like oh the authors will come to us but I think publishing needs to actively go out and 
make it clear that this is an option for writers and illustrators from backgrounds that might not have thought it is an option for them. Um, and I know there are some schemes that are set up to do that, like the Penguin Right Now scheme, and there are prizes and more is happening, but still a really long way to go. And also visibility, I think, is really important as well. If, you, if we're publishing more diverse books, people will go into the shops and see writers and illustrators that look like them are getting published and know that it's a route they can take, so it's a knock-on effect. So we just need to do the thing and then it will change. But that first step is what takes time because for some reason you need to persuade a lot of people in publishing that it's an option when it shouldn't even be a question of whether we can publish different like aim authors and illustrators to the same success as we publish white authors and illustrators. I agree 100%. Actually, I was at an event um, in April this year um, where... Uh, we were talking to like marginalized six formers um like it was me and two other authors um yeah it was it was so great I wish I could do an event like that again I might try and like set something up because I feel like it'll be so beneficial to talk to them they seemed so excited um a lot of them wanted to get into publishing whether that was writing or like going down maybe like an editorial route um but uh I was the only black author and I was kind of added as a last minute addition um to be panel um and i'm so glad i came because i feel like it would have been also the only person of color and a lot of the kids were people of color and um i feel like hearing my perspective really made a lot of them kind of um feel like it was possible for them um and it was just really really nice to see that but also what you were saying about um seeing themselves in books it's just like it's it's quite wild that like it's even something that yeah. we have to kind of debate about whether we should see people in books. Actually, at the panel, um, there was a publisher there from quite a big publisher. Um, she was like an editor there. And she was telling yeah. me how she sits in acquisitions teams sometimes and they literally outright say, oh, we already have a book with an Indian pr- protagonist, regardless yeah. of the um, genre. And it's really wild that that's just a thing that openly happens in um, these rooms where they decide what children get to read or what people get to read generally. Um, so yeah, I agree 100%. I, I would love to like set something up where like um, I get to talk to more like um, sick formers with maybe like, like a diverse panel yeah that sounds amazing thank you so much for your thoughts on that and everything uh, i want to ask the final question which is a little bit more yeah. fun um yeah. if you could have tea with any three authors who would it be and why um do they have to be alive no okay um so i guess my hmm interesting okay so my first author would be tony morrison um i would I mean, yeah, I think I think a lot of people would say that, to be honest. Like, even even before she passed, I would have loved to have met her and hear her speak and hear her thoughts and being... Like, I think she changed so much for so many people. She Her impact was so profound. And just to be in that space with her and to just listen to anything she wanted to talk about, literally anything, would be incredible. Um, and then I would love... Okay, this is quite controversial because we just talked about Harry Potter, but I'd actually love to have tea with J.K. Rowling purely because I would love to have that conversation with her face-to-face and see what she has to say because she did have an extraordinary impact on children's publishing. Harry Potter is still talked about. It's still held up as the highest goal for what kids' book can achieve um, and the impact it had on how kids' books are seen. And, like, before her, before Harry Potter, there was no... There weren't... There wasn't this, like whole focus on how adults can read kids books and how 
kids books can be phenomenons that are read worldwide like it just wasn't wasn't a thing and she really reframed that and I I'm, I'm disappointed in her now as an adult and like things that she says and things that she does and I would love to sit down with her and have that conversation and and you know because for so long she was an idol to so many people and she still is and I just really want to know like what's going on in your brain and <laughs> do, you, do you think differently about things now like why did you do this why did you choose to make like token characters like why are you saying the things that you're saying now and also like as a writer what do you want here like what do you want your impact to be and your legacy so I'd love to do that it sounds a bit you know like an intense conversation but I'd love the opportunity to have it and I guess my third one okay this is really cheesy but (laughs) I would love it to be I'd love that you know like I don't know if I don't know if you have this but I as an editor I have this dream book to publish in my head the book that's like that has the same impact as Harry Potter like it's comparable to those books that we all know changed the way of kids publishing but it's from a black or brown author and it changes the way we see diversity in the UK I'd love to sit down with that author and find out who they are and like what their voice is because I don't think we've had that person yet and that person deserves their time to shine I agree I really like your answers so much. I I like all of them, actually. Um, And me too, I would love to sit down with with that person because they're needed. Yeah, exactly. I want to know who that person is. I think it's time. (laughs) It's been time. Uh, Thank you so much for being on my podcast today and answering these questions and talking about the industry with me. Um, Thank you for having me. Could you tell everyone where they can find you online um, and also the websites and everything? Yeah, so you can find Nights Of at, at underscore Nights Of, and you can find us, um, you can find me on Twitter as well. Um, that's on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter as at Isha Core. So, um, yeah, you'll find me via Nights Of, I'm sure. Um, and you can find us also on Instagram and soon to be, we have a website, soon to be a more functional website. Um, and through there, you can find like all of us individually as well. Um, yeah, and we also have, um, just to mention, um, open submissions uh, constantly, 24-7. So if you have an idea or a book or there's something you want to say, you can email us at hello at nightsof.media. Um, and, yeah, someone will get back to you. We have, uh, we're open to anything. We don't um, have any inactive submissions. So if you email us, you will end up speaking to someone directly and then we can figure out if there's, you know, something we can do to help you thank you so much for being on the podcast today thank you thanks very much hopefully speak to you soon